Good morning. What a privilege it is to be here uh, with you guys this morning. Uh, it's been, uh, I think it's been over a month that I was able to be up here. I can't, I can't really remember. It's been, it's been a long ways for my family and I. Uh, the past month, month and a half, six weeks. Andrew, are you back here six weeks now? Do you have one more? How many? One more. I knew we were at kind of the same timing, um, kind of traveling and stuff. But it's been, uh, yeah, four weeks, pretty crazy as a, uh, as a missionary. I get to travel around the world, and uh, um, this is probably one of the, it's, for me, preaching today, it, it was kind of important because uh, I, I knew God had something going on in the past month in my life that I needed to share to my family, and you guys are my family. And uh, I didn't know exactly how this month of traveling and visiting countries was going to end up being, uh, which is very interesting. The first part of the traveling, I got to travel to Colombia and uh, went everywhere there. We went to uh, three, four cities uh, in, in a matter of 10 days, and it was an amazing, you know, one of those God-led trips. You know, every step we'll make We'll be able to see, we were able to see God's hand. He will be literally showing us the way, where the next step needed to be. It was incredible. Uh, and this last time, the past week, uh, I had to do a, um, an emergency trip uh, to a, a ministry partner in, in Costa Rica. And uh, it actually was the completely opposite. Um, there was a, there's a lot of issues there. I think uh, we all know as we step into grace, as we step into the body of Christ, uh, we run into uh, sin, we run into things that come up from our old life, and uh, we have to confront it. And that was the trip, my trip this last week. So I, I come to you today very heavy, uh, just because it's very fresh in my head, very confronted with the gospel. But at the same time, I come full of hope, knowing that in the midst of darkness, God is moving. God is doing something. So before we start... This, uh, I just want, let's start praying, if, if you don't mind joining me, okay? Father, I thank you so much be here this morning. Thank you for uh, what you're doing uh, in our lives. Father, thank you for uh, the privilege it is just to come here freely and worship you. Thank you, Father, for the privilege it is just to open your scripture this morning and study who you are, to get to know you more. Father, I also pray as, as we go through the sermon this morning that uh, you will speak, that you use the stories, the, uh, our past, our understanding of Scripture, uh, just for us to fulfill what you have called us to do. Father, I pray for all the missionaries that are out there uh, that uh, we as Redstone support. I pray that you'll be with them, uh, whether they're overseas, whether they're here in the States or even locally here in Johnson City. Father, I pray that you will give him grace, that you will give him uh, wisdom to continue uh, the um, extending of your kingdom. Father, for us, thank you. Thank you because we're here. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Um, this is the last uh, sermon of the series. We, in May, we took the whole May, uh, month to talk about missions. And uh, today we're just going to kind of wrap it up. Uh, before we go into the next season, uh, into the summer. And uh, today we're just going to 
grab pieces, bits and pieces from what you have been hearing in the past couple months from uh, Spencer and uh, Daniel specifically and other pastors that have been up here. And uh, today we're kind of going to wrap it around. Uh, I think if you have heard me preach before, uh, you will know that we will be moving. Okay, so do not get comfortable in your seats. We will be moving big time today. Okay, so kind of grab your Bible. I think it's on the bulletin. Um, we're going to start on Matthew 28. We're just going to straight in into the Great Commission. And uh, I was thinking, uh, like, in, in my process of changing from Spanish, you know, a whole month speaking Spanish into English, uh, I, I think that's my to-go excuse always, right? If you don't understand, it's because I don't speak English, okay? So hopefully that works this morning. But as I was uh, transitioning in my, in my head, changing the, the side of the, uh, of the tape, the cassette, if you remember those, um, I try to come up with a, uh, uh, like a title kind of thing, and this came up a couple weeks ago, actually, when I was processing and praying through this, and uh, uh, if you want to write it, it might help you kind of directing where we're going with this. Someone's end of the world, okay, and I use that phrase quoting scripture, is someone else's Jerusalem. Someone's end of the world is someone else's Jerusalem. So with that, we're just going to go straight into Matthew. Uh, we're going to start, I think, on the bulletin. We started on Matthew uh, 28, verse 16. And it says, but the, um, I'm, by the way, I'm reading by, on the NIV. I think it's on ESV on yours, so it might be a little bit different. But the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain, which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age." I want to uh, start this morning a little bit. We're going to move a little bit fast this first part uh, with the word go, right? Matthew 28, verse in the first word in English is go. The word there in Greek, now, you have to understand something about this. I, my dad is a Greek scholar, okay? So I grew up with Greek all my life. So when, when you do that, when you grew up, grow up with somebody that... You know, the world's like that. You have two responses. One, you hate it and you never want to talk about it. And the other one, when you have to talk about it, you kind of have to bring up the best game. You know what I'm saying? That was kind of my, my reality. So I hated Greek. Everything my dad will say, you know, shoe comes from the Greek, this. Tech comes from the Greek, that. You know, everything, all grown up, came to uh, came to that, defi defining every single word, every single concept in my home by the Greek language. But when you come and read this commission, and we were reading a little bit about this word commission last week with Daniel, uh, but when you look at the word go, there's only, in English, is two letters, G-O. 
In Spanish, it's the same. It's two letters, either I-D or I-R. The same word, id or ir. But in Greek, is this word, it says, parenthesis. My dad will be very proud of me right now. <laughs> parenthesis. Like parentheses, but not really. Okay? And actually, this is a really long word. Like, it took me forever. I had to draw it. You know, I was, like, afraid that my dad will see my notes one day. I'm, like, doing my best Greek lettering and stuff. But actually, what this word, this go, actually what it means is this, having gone. Having gone. This is actually a verb and is an actually a passive verb. What this means is that actually, like, this is, this is not so much a commandment, like a, a very strong, sometimes we have heard that commandment, like, we need to go. Actually, it doesn't say that. It, it neither says, like, okay, like, you were not going, and now you have to go. It actually is in between those two. It's as you are, as you have been going, do this. In Mark 16, 15, this is the other part of the commandment. Mark writes a commandment. It's actually very similar. It uses the word go. In John 20, verse 21, it actually says, As the Father has sent me, Jesus says, As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. It's interesting. Last week we were talking about this commission. It comes from somewhere else. So as the Father has sent me, and Jesus is going, he's also sending his disciples. Now, Luke has a, it's an interesting uh, story with Luke because the end of the Gospel of Luke ends kind of like abruptly. Uh, like it, it seems that there's more to the story, which is interesting in Acts, which Luke uh, writes, it kind of catches up that same concept. And in Luke 24, 45, it says that their eyes were open and they were able to see. But in Acts 1, 8, which is on your bulletin, it says, you will be my witnesses, Jesus says. And I want to hang on to that word in the you will be. Also in the fact that Jesus was sent by the Father and sent us. And not so much on this go, but in the having gone concept. This is, we're, we're not talking about a, hey, stop what you're doing, go. This is actually talking about is, as you are, what you have been doing, then you have to do something about it. So it actually requires you to look at what you're doing. This is not only an action, but it's who we are as believers. The Great Commission is not only an action, it's who we are. So it's interesting, you know, a couple months ago, I can't remember exactly when, Spencer was talking about the gifts, right? God has given us gifts. And at the end of the, uh, of the sermon, he said, do your job. It's interesting, if, if, if you're getting your, a gift, then do your job. Then Daniel, last week, it was very setting me up for, for today, this whole commission thing. Who commissions you, but you got to do it. you got to... You have to react to what has been commissioned to you. But you need to understand that all this in the having gone, understanding where you are, responding to this commission, to this mission that we're sent to do, 
You need to understand, like Daniel was saying last week, where it comes from. The authority and power comes from God. Actually, Matthew 18, verse uh, 28, I'm sorry, verse 18, it talks about that all authority has been given to Jesus. If you look at John 20, 21, it actually says that the Father sent the Son, and the Son sends the disciples, sends us. There's a very direct authority line. If you look at Acts 1, verse 8, it says, but you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And we go into this new word, power. I love the Romans 1, verse 16. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. The word power actually comes from the Greek, <laughs> dynamos, like dynamite. Now, I don't know if you have had the privilege, and I've talked a lot about this, fishing with dynamite. It's the best way to fish. You don't have to wait too long. You don't have to stay there forever. You just start it, drop it, back off, and then it goes. And what happens inside the water is like when the dynamite thing explodes, it creates this kind of ripple effect, this, uh, um, yeah, this shock, yeah, a wave. That's, that's a perfect word, a wave. And it doesn't matter if the fish is fast if the fish is slick, if the fish is strong enough, if that wave hits him, what do you think is going to happen? It's just going to pass out. And it's going to up to the surface, and guess what is going to happen? There you go. You know, no lure, no fishing line, nothing. 25 cent stick, okay? Not that I know how much it costs overseas, but are we recording this? By the way? All right. So Romans says that I am not ashamed of the gospel. Ashamed meaning doubt, fearful, that probably you don't understand. It's interesting because when you read up Matthew, look at your bulletin. When the disciples come up to the mountain, it actually says that some were doubtful. When this power of the gospel is in you, it doesn't matter if you're doubtful or not. It doesn't matter if you don't get it all, if you're fearful. It just hits you. And it keeps moving. So we need to understand that this mission, the gospel, to take the gospel to other nations, is something that is moving that is active, that is powerful. It is not something that is done. It's not something that can be controlled or even sometimes measurable. Sometimes we, we allow our Western mentality to try to control what we're doing with the gospel, to try to control what, how we want the gospel to impact in other lives. And we don't let it just go boom. And just ride that wave. It's interesting because this movement, it actually implies direction and implies destination. There is a goal at the end of the, of the line. So we need to look at Christ. If, if Christ, gospel himself, okay, had a plan 
We need to look at him when he says, as the Father has sent me, I send you. I have all authority, so go and make disciples. He has a plan. He has a destination. To me, it's interesting. Only just look at the famous verse, John 3.16. For God so loved who? The world. So that everyone who believes will come to him. God's vision is not only the 12, even though he spends a lot of time with the 12, all his life. But he knows his goal is the 7 billion plus people around the world. The gospel implies movement. So it's not a coincidence. It is not a coincidence that when we look at the gospel, or the commission, when we look at the great commission in any of the books of, uh, of the gospel, we see that there is a concept of go to all the nations, go to the end of the world. So we need, as Christians, we need Christians that are always looking out to the world, that are ready to go, literally, physically, that are ready to support, literally, physically, that are ready to send, literally, physically. We need to be Christians, we need to be Christians that are always on the move. Today, and this is uh, last week, I, was, uh, I had the privilege to sit with one of uh, our uh, ministry partners, Carlos. He, uh, he's, uh, he's about to actually move out of Costa Rica as a missionary to Honduras and, uh, and reach a very interesting group of people. And he said, today we have Christians that pursue safety in the local. And we're not pursuing the going. We're creating Christians that we're trying to be comfortable in the local. And we're not being Christians that are moving, that are going. It is interesting. It reminded me what Philippians 2, 5 says. And let me read it to you. Philippians 2, 5, it says, um, Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of the bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. Have this attitude in yourselves. That's what Paul is writing to the Philippians. Have this attitude in yourself. Become uncomfortable. Become uncomfortable. Empty yourself of who you think you are. Get rid of that comfort. Just as Christ did, being God, having all the comfort in the world, he decided to empty himself for you and I and became one of us. We need to understand, if we want to understand missions in the world, we need to understand, if we, if we want to understand this great commission, we need to understand that it starts with you giving up. I can't remember who said this. I was uh, actually trying to Google it. I, I read this in college a long time ago. But, uh, so if somebody finds it, just give him credit. It says, a Christian without a mission is an imposter. A Christian without a mission is an imposter. 
You're faking yourself and faking everybody else. That's a, that's a hard word. So what can we prepare, how can we prepare ourselves, and especially our next generations, as they go to be on mission? Luke separates in Acts 1.8. He makes a, he's very, uh, he realizes that when he says all the world, we're going to have like, oh my goodness, it's, it's pretty big. So he goes and says, okay, start in Jerusalem, then Judea, Samaria, and the rest of the world. You will be my in these places. But I want you to mark something. Look at your, uh, at your bulletin. You'll notice that each one of those words are actually separated by commas. It's actually a list. It doesn't say or. It's a list. It's complicated. It's an all. It's a list. We have to have the mindset that we have to go beyond of what we know. We have to go beyond my comfort zone. That's the first thing. I need to get out and understand there is a bigger world out there. If you look at Matthew 28, the word that is using is all the world. Mark 16, it uses all the world. Acts 1, it goes from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the end of the world. This includes what God is doing in your world and in the world. It's an all. It's not neat. It's messy. It's a lot of work. No wonder when you look at Matthew 9 towards the end, it actually, Jesus says, pray for the father of the harvest to send workers to his harvest. We need to be praying for people. It's people reaching people. God's plan is you and I to reach others. Do your job. We cannot expect others, systems, to do what God wants me and you to do. Not, I'm not saying not everybody has to go physically, but everybody has to be in this mission. As you're going, where you are, you have to be part of this mission. Be involved at every single level. And this is where it's hard. It's at every single level. At your home at your work, in your city, in your country, in your continent, in the world. We all have to be involved as we go. It's intentional. So what we do right now, we're going to take about six, seven minutes. On your chairs, there's a list, okay? We're going to become a little bit aware, and we're going to start trying to get uncomfortable here a little bit. So this list, it actually has the list of every single country and territory in the world. Uh, by the way, I took this from the internet, uh, something like uh, numbers in the world or something like that. So um, you can find a lot more there, but um, I just took uh, the name of a country, 
and how many people are in these countries. They are separated by, um, by continents. So what we're going to do is we're going to take the next six, seven minutes, and I want you to get in, in clumps, whether within your family, okay? But if you're with your family, I want you to include a second family. Okay? If you're alone, if you're single, just find a group of four or five people and just clump together. Okay? And what I want to do is, um, there is one, two, three, four sides. So what we're going to do, this side, whoever you so that requires you to get up and you have to go with somebody. And I want you guys to be praying for the first page. Go down the list and just pray for each country and for people there. People here in the middle, you're going to go into the second page, into the Americas, okay? Just the second page inside, okay? And probably go all the way, just to Americas right here in the middle, okay? And you guys are going to end up doing Europe and, how do you say, o Oceania? O o Oceania, okay? Down there. Awesome. Okay? Is that clear? We're just going to take time in prayer. If we're talking about that God wants us to go to him and ask him for prayer for workers, then that's what we're going to do. All right? So go ahead and get up. Find clumps of uh, five, six people and go for it. Six minutes. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, I thank you for the opportunity we have to live in, in a world that uh, we actually can, can pray and just as, as you said to the disciples over 2,000 years ago, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send our workers into his harvest. Father, that's what we're doing right now. Looking at this list, it can be overwhelming. Looking at these numbers, it can be overwhelming. Therefore, we beseech you, Father, we pray to you, the Lord of the harvest, to send workers to his harvest. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.